Whatever Wednesday, welcome and let's do this. Andre, what's going on, bro? Well, it's going all right, bro. It's going all right. Going it's just, all right. Uh, feeling kind of fatigued at this point. I mean, that was the longest tech setup I think I've ever had to endure. Oh, oh it was so painful. I mean, yeah, like... No, it was all going well until you wanted to go Google Hangouts, bro. It just doesn't, it's just, wasn't worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I regret every second yeah. of it. At I had every to. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do I. Believe me. <laughs> we're, back on, we're back on our legit Facebook method. So... Anyway, what time is it there, man? It sounds like you're moving really slowly and, you know, it's just late and you're super fatigued as well. We always do this when I'm benched. I've done a double preach today and it's 11 o'clock at night, bro. After 11. So, like, I'm not sure I'm going to be coherent, but we'll do it. Oh, that's just so not an excuse. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I want, I've been trying to get my head around the Nephilim. Oh, the Nephilim. The fallen ones. Nephilim. The fallen and ones. the Giburim. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I, Yeah, what did what did you come down with? I mean I've I've done some pretty heavy looking at that as well. I know, I know, I know. Well I read I read Klein's you know article, the Westminster Journal thing on it. Okay. Um yeah, so I think basically that's if you held a gun to my head and said, pick one. Yeah. Um I'd, I'd come down on the kind of, you know, ty- tyrannical, demonically impelled, yeah, demonically impelled kings hmm. um, view. I think it probably does make the most sense and type the most loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only thing that um, <laughs> that I think is. So, I mean, there's the stuff going down in Jude and Peter, and then there's the whole kind of Jewish tradition of interpretation. And it's so weird, because when I was looking into this, I finally realized where all that stuff in Noah came from. You know the movie with Russell oh, Crowe? Yes, totally, from the Jewish thing. Like with the watches and everything. Yeah. I was like, where are they getting this stuff from? And now I realize where they're getting it from. Yeah. It's well, all it, Jewish it, apocryphal stuff. So. Uh, totally. And e- even with that, it was a little bit more elaborate than anything I read in the Jewish stuff. But... um well yeah well they've got they've got some artistic lots yeah totally yeah um no that was that was fascinating what i what i loved about uh klein's thing though is that it um it basically kind of demystified some of the weird bits you know and um and it, it yet it didn't lose the supernatural element at all you know um in that you had a very very strong antichrist happening um, but it was just so powerfully resonant with with what we know about the ancient world anyway, you know. Uh, you just think about those old dynastic lineages and and the quest for, uh, you know, eternal life through the occultic sort of pursuit. And, you know, the, this is, you know, the people would gather massive harems of wives and, and, you know, all so that they might live forever through their, either through themselves or their, through, through their dynasties. I mean, the, the pyramids and, you know, just the desire to, to, to think of themselves in that way. It all just, you know, from the earliest points of, of ancient history, what we know about those, those guide kings, as it were, seems very resonant with what's going on uh, there, you know, with the fallen ones. And what a great term for them, you know what I mean? Um, the, the Canaanite dynasty reaching its its fallen climax in many ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I, I think, um, I mean, I think it also just chimes in with the whole royal thing, you know, uh, the sons of gods yep. or son of God. Yes. is a royal term that's not a shocker we yes. know that so yes. automatically that puts it in the in the in the framework of something reasonable you know yeah. in the same way that son of god can mean angel you know when that's that's not unheard of biblical language so yeah. like automatically yeah. that makes that makes it feasible yeah. it's then just working out what fits in i mean the big problem with the whole um demons thing yeah is it just doesn't really fit in with what's going on there well um, I, here's why i think it does it's is what just um you know it no i mean the the the, the angels marrying oh right marrying yes. um you know that one not, yeah, i'm not talking whole... about demonically impelled kings okay. i'm talking about um the you know the the oldest view the ancient yes. view of the main, that's from the main one, really. yeah the main view you know? it's the main yeah, yeah it is the main view it's the main view today although i think in in christian history the viewing the sons of god as as the Sethites yeah. and then the daughters of men as the Canaanites is is probably more common in church history. I think that but was in, uh, more common in, in Reformed church history, um, in, in some, you know, from the Protestant Reformation onwards. But prior to that, I think Oh, was, I thought it went further back. I nah, thought it went back to... Um, I think there was a distinctly Protestant move right there. Um, you know, okay. it's the whole covenant lineage thing. Yeah, no, it basically, uh, I th I'm pretty sure it was the, the dominant view all the way through. Uh, but, you know, yeah, could be corrected on that. Um, but what I was going to say as well, you know, you got the um, the, the fusion because, you know, there's something about that. You are getting, you are get, you're looking at Peter and, you know, you are seeing, okay, there's something demonic going on there. And what, what I, you know, just because they are so, they would have been so involved in, in uh, an occultic pursuit, I mean, there would have been demons involved at such a heavy level, and and Klein sort of limits it to the, the you know the the well even the empowerment of these kings, you know, to do what they did, to be so so uh, you know famous uh, in their wreaking of havoc and you know in their military conquests and that sort of thing would have been all like a, a demonic sort of empowerment, uh, but who knows exactly where that that line gets drawn. I mean, there, there probably was a, a severe demonic involvement, you know? Um, and so mm. it, it forms quite a, a good hybrid with that view um, in, in that you don't actually have to go into like angels marrying, you know, uh, fallen angels marrying the son, uh, the daughters of men and anything like that and end up with some giants. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Uh, yeah. But you still end up with, with something that really incorporates much of, you know, the New Testament's emphasis on it. So I, I like that about it. So where do you think, the, the, how the the fact that they are giants, like the Numbers 13 thing, how does that fit in? Yeah, so, you know, they clearly have yeah, you know, um, heightened physical stature as well. Totally, totally. Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the interesting things is it doesn't say that they're giants, right? And that's probably one of the, one of the most important things to, to start off with. Um, yeah, it, it just it, says we are as grasshoppers. Right, exactly. And so, you know, you could have a few different things in view for the people, not just their, you know, uh, the necessary physical qualities involved. And um, and that's like, you know, right through. It's a bit of a presupposition that people have or just read into it that, oh, okay, these are the giants again, these are the giants. Uh, but, you, you, of course, you did get people like Goliath who would have been big and whatnot, but it's, it's not a necessary connection to um, these other instances. 
Um, and so it could be people of great might, uh, physical stature, armies, that sort of thing as well. Um, and they're, you know, like it's just you've got to you got to just be careful. You're not letting the one picture later on with Joshua and the spies inform this one year with, uh, you know, Genesis, um, uh, at least, um, you know, uh, just before the flood. Um, and you've got to just make sure you're looking at each one of them individually. And I think probably like if you think about Nimrod and his mention right after the flood, um, you know, you've got you, you very clearly there have he was this hunter, as Klein says, not, not uh, before the Lord, but against yeah. the Lord with his face turned against the Lord, shaking his fist, uh, you know, against the Lord, as it were. But there you see a very obvious kind of this is this guy's the beginning of this. Assyrian madness, you know, that that is clearly a, a military might thing again. So that seems to be the constant theme. Um, and you, you know, it seems more likely that that's what's in view. Um, just think about the picture. You've, you've got the whole Cainite lead up, you know, with, with um, Cain himself and then Lamech, and then you're eventually getting to, to mm-hmm. these guys, probably mm-hmm. the, uh, the Nephilim, the fallen ones. Uh, they probably are the, the Cainite dynasty and lineage. And so they probably have just reached that point where they are, you know, just just uh, bringing some sort of serious tyrannical reign over whatever the known world is at that time. And um, and I think the the whole the whole thing makes sense in, in that you never really have anything other than a kingly line in view in that in that story, you know, and um, and the violence that fills the yeah. earth is is just you know, kind of exactly what you'd expect of a, des- yeah. a despot. So, you know, it's just, it seems to fit everything <coughs> in that story leading up to that point. Otherwise, it just gets sci-fi for no reason, you know? Um, it does, totally. Well, which brings me to my next point, you know, it could have been aliens. I watched, <laughs> yeah, I watched, I, like the, yeah. I watched, like, I watched the first five minutes of a 20-minute documentary that it is aliens. <laughs> Yeah, because they just those guys. <laughs> see, that's what I like about getting this stuff right. Because they, those freaking crackpots come along, and they just basically, you know, they, they just want to scour the the Bible at any point. You know, Genesis one verse one and one <laughs> verse two. You're like, oh, there's a gap. Yeah, Let's totally, put a whole yeah. thing there. You know, yeah. anything where we yeah, the church has up. sort of dabbled, you know, and have been unclear. They just, oh, there's a crack. There's a weakness. You know, let's jump in there and put a whole thing there. It reminds me of Man, of those uh, guys. If, if yeah, I was just going to say, it reminds me of uh, like a, a whole dispensational rapture thing, you know, we're like, we need a yeah. pre-seven, you know, pre-trib rapture. So where's their weakness? <laughs> we'll put it there, you know, and it's just, it I, kind of, I don't like that way of doing things, you know, it's, you can't, you can't operate like that. No, uh, Yeah. no. But it's amazing to me how, like, you know, they've got this whole lecture hall filled with people. You know, he's got his laptop out, this really sleek presentation. Oh, and he's wow. talking about aliens in Genesis 1. Oh, man, like, that, that flies. Think... <laughs> that flies, doesn't it? It just, people love it. But, you know, at the heart of it, I guess, is people knowing that there must be something else out there. So, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. And, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. okay, wait, wait. So, you're huh. saying you believe in aliens? Well, well, I mean, if they were, hypothetically, if they were aliens, I don't think it would matter in the slightest, first of all. That's my first point. Do you think it would matter? Would well, it affect your Christian faith at all? It wouldn't affect my Christian faith if they were like cockroach aliens. <laughs> but then you would definitely know that there is for sure a man in black somewhere and no. you'd want to join. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it would, be, it would be like, I don't know, like a humanoid alien, you know, would be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, 
but you know, like an evolved <laughs> slug, you know, like on, you know, three light years, three hundred million light years away. You know, you know, oh well, you know, that's just part of the creation deal. You know, who cares about that? Oh but, man, I watched a totally creepy sci-fi movie like that the other day about this. You? It looked like a little jellyfish thing, oh, and it just ended up eating everyone. I saw that one. It's got yeah, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Yeah, totally. totally. I love that dude. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good movie. Good movie. So where were you going with that? I was going to say that, okay, first, there was one last question, just technical question mm-hmm. to get over, which was, how did the Nephilim survive the flood? Um, they didn't. That's the whole point of the flood. <laughs> but why does it say that they descended from the Nephilim in when it's describing those grasshopper, we were like grasshoppers to them, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, no, it's somewhere else where it describes them. Uh, um, I can't, I can't remember where, but somewhere, yeah, either at a later point in Genesis or um, in Numbers, it talks about they they, they descended from the Nephilim, hmm. and that's when it's talking about their physical stature and stuff. Oh, let's figure this out. Try and find the reference for me. I want to see this. Google it. Google it. Find okay. it. Find um, it. Descended. I'm not going to touch my computer because no, it's going to freak out. Totally. They descended from the. <laughs> Nephilim. Okay. Uh, who are the descendants of the Nephilim today? Oh, you know, that's going to be good. No. <laughs> no, you don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, okay. Beginning answers in Genesis. Oh, boy. Now, go on. Go on. Go there because they will be engaging with the flood question. So they'll at least know what okay, reference right, right, I'm talking got it, about. Got it, got it, got it. Against my better judgment. <laughs> it's there, bro. It's in your browsing history. Everyone knows you went on to answers in Genesis. <laughs> um, all right. So, Genesis. Can't hide six. that sort of thing, Mike. They can, they can find it. Numbers 13, pre flood, post flood, mention of the Nephilim that has been the center of discussion for many years. So, Genesis 6, now it came about. When men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, the B'nai Elohim. And that's, uh, yeah, like the Elohim plural thing is interesting there, right? The whole sons of the gods. Son, sons of the gods. Yeah. yeah like it, yeah. It actually but, hey, skip, is skip ahead all that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is plural. Yeah. So we'll come back to that. So, so <laughs> that the daughters of men who were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. All right. My spiritual strength. Okay. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Yeah. Um, and also afterward, when the sons of God, B'nai Elohim, came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those who were the mighty men of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Right then. Yep. Number, That's Genesis stuff. So we need to go look at numbers. Number thirteen thirty. Yeah. Then Caleb quieted the people before the Moses, for, before Moses and said, "We should by all means go up and take possession possession of it, for we will surely overcome it." Blah blah blah. Um, uh, the land to which we have gone, spying it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants. Okay, this is what they're saying. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. Okay, now that I remember looking at mm-hmm. in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean physical size. Uh, they're also uh, we saw the Nephilim, sons of Anak, who are part of the Nephilim. Okay, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. Option number one is the Nephilim can swim like really well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's I'm option just, number one. I'm okay to rule that out immediately. I'm just going to put it on the table. Look, it's not. <laughs> they, they were fishmen. <laughs> <gasps> like 
Like water world. Like, like, uh, like um, what is it called? Uh, Aqu- Aquaman. Have you seen Aquaman? Aquaman. Dude, it is. <laughs> Aquaman is the most awesome movie. It's freaking amazing. It? Oh, wow. Watch it this weekend. Uh, everybody I says it, it sucks. No, bro. Not only is that. You just like Jason Momoa. Yeah, that, that guy is a specimen. What can I say? Yeah. Damn. A man crushing. Now, I am. Um, anyway, Mike, we, we are digressing. He's okay. not Aquaman. Okay. The, the Nephilim. Okay. Well, they could be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, option number two mm-hmm. is the flood is local, not global. Yep. So yep. there is. I looked into. Yeah, and so Klein, Klein thinks ago. it's not so, global. Well, I I would definitely not freak out. Yep. If I found that it was only local. Yep, totally. Because. I well, don't actually think about it. There's the this. local, global, and the universal, I think it is. I can't remember offhand now, but there's something like the universal is it like covers every single part of the earth full on. Global means it's sort of like it yeah. just covers everyone that lived kind of thing, you know? Um, so it was mm-hmm. it was local, but not really local as in like Mesopotamian local, you know? Oh, okay. One time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, even if it was just like a massive... I mean, but like the interesting thing about the flood, right, mm-hmm. is that you've got loads of non-biblical accounts, historical accounts of uh, like a flood narrative, a flood myth, Mm -hmm. right? From different cultures of the time, you know, Babylonian cultures and things. So Mm -hmm. loads is an overstatement, but there are other cultural references to a flood, Mm -hmm. which I think lends a lot of credibility. So in the Bible, it's not like completely, you know, like, wow, news, nobody heard of this before. It's a flood. Everybody knew there was a flood. The Bible's just giving you the, this is actually how it went down. This is yeah. why the flood yeah. took place account, right? Mm-hmm. So what's really interesting about about the first view mm-hmm. and uh, as about the Nephilim and about the, the sons of God, if it is angels and men, which I don't think it is, but let's just say hypothetically, Speaking, it was angels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. marrying woman, mm-hmm. and you kind of have a, a something like a like a Greek gods myth thing, mm-hmm. you know, like the Titans from and and that goes way back pre Greece, pre Rome. It goes back to like Akkadian, Babylonian times as well. They've got versions of that, don't mm-hmm, they? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it would be interesting. Um, you know, it is, I guess, possible is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. is that that would, it would be a similar thing to the flood where you've, you do have these kind of myths and legends of these people of great renown, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the Bible's giving you its canonical version. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knows the stuff happened, but here is the God-inspired truth on it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, that, I guess that is possible, and yeah. that could be applied to the view that you and I prefer, which is that it's these kind of um, these kings Mm -hmm. taking whatever woman they want into their harem, but they are demonically driven, demonically inspired um, kings. And so I guess you could see something like that going on, Um, you know, where, and so there is some kernel, some basis basic truth to some of the myths and the legends about titans and hercules and all that kind of stuff and uh, this is the the biblical account i i you know i'd be i mean the biblical 
a version of it that is dismissing the other versions and saying this is what really happened kind of mm-hmm, thing. I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm open. I'm open to that view. Um, not I wouldn't die go to the stake for it, but mm-hmm, you know it's mm-hmm. um, it's a possibility in my mind. Mm. Totally, but I think what, what what I remember looking at and what I thought was very convincing was um, the fact that you. You know, you have this. If you settle on Nephilim meaning fallen ones, and 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 sort of resolve the question as to why they would be identified as such, which, as you've just described, there is. I mean, they they they've sort of reached an antichrist crisis at the. You know, they're almost at that man of sin stage. You know, in that the the apostasy is just at every level. The rebellion is at every level. They they uh the, really it's the blasphemous ideology in view, uh, which I think is is the big theme that runs throughout the whole Bible and ends up in Revelation and the whole antichrist deal so like they're they're identified as nephilim because they claim to be god and they contest god for the world you know they they want to they want to um take over the world um and so this is this is their dynastic deal this is the whole thing that happens there and this is i remember one thing i loved about what klein did is, is he saw it's almost like as soon as though he gives this realm of common grace but as soon as you have these kings um you know, obviously, every every uh, the drift of the age is to try and usurp common grace to make it a, a, a city of, you know, the, the, a satanic city, as it were, not just a, a common grace city. But as soon as man who really lives on borrowed time uh, stops allowing for the, the place of the remnant elect on the earth... Uh, they very they cut off the branch upon which they sit. You know the only reason they're allowed mm-hmm. to live on the earth is not because God's winking at evil, but because He's preserving a humanity for the purpose of the elect to move forward. And so when they, you know, when you've whittled the whole family line down to pretty much one family, Noah, um, and this mm-hmm. through your persecution and violence and whatnot, um, and you have now you know, decided you want to take all of the earth and you want to rid the earth of anyone who would challenge your authority as a God King. Um, you've entitled yourself, uh, you know, uh, uh, B'nai Elohim. And, uh, and so, you know, here you are, you've now officially crossed the line. That's what brings in this eschatological intrusion. And that the whole thing is there to mirror what happens at the end. You know, um, that's pretty much what's going to happen with the Antichrist figure that brings in the end. You know, it's going to be persecution whittled down to the few. And then just before the end of it all, Christ will come. That's the idea. And so the, the the battle takes place. Yeah, the battle takes place with with um, um, with the, with the flood judgment at that point. I love the way the flood is described as prevailing over the kings. You know, it's it's there's a, a battle terminology there. Um, he through God just doesn't come and wipe away evil. He actually conquers those who contested him it was a trial by combat um and so like i you know i remember that all just and i'm going somewhere with this that all basically just seems very resonant with what the bible does all throughout and um and so if you can establish nephilim in that light then it's not necessarily that you have a single nationality or race of people you know that were like half angel half man or anything like that but rather just those who reach the apex of the antichrist crisis and so, you know, right after the flood, you have another Antichrist crisis point in that, of course, you got not only Nimrod, but that Nimrod founds the, is involved with the building of Babel, which is essentially the same 
blasphemous ideology yeah. at that point. It's exactly the same thing repeated, except where the mm-hmm. only reason another flood doesn't happen is because of the common grace covenant that's just been made uh, and refreshed. And so you have instead the, the reversal of the, or the Babel confusion thing. Um, but the point being that essentially they could be classed as Nephilim for doing the same thing. You know, uh, they, and, and what we would be thinking there is uh, are those that that have, um, you know, reached this crisis point where they claim to be gods, as Nimrod would have done, uh, as um, the Babylonian. Mm-hmm. I mean, they reckon that Marduk, uh, Marduk the, the god, um, is it just another it, it, it came from, you know, the, the, the kings that would claim themselves to be gods, you know. And so, you know, you've got that blasphemous ideology running straight through. And, uh, of course, that happens all the way through the Old Testament, ancient world, all the way, very much spells out what's going to happen at the end in the book of Revelation. And so, again, like, they're all Nephilim, and they could be descended from a very rebellious people, is the idea. A a people of great renown that have done a very terrible thing, you know, or something along those lines. Um, So that might be one way to resolve it. Right, so not, not so much recognize them physically as a lineage yeah. because of their size right but recognize them so how would they recognize them like a banner well i think i think it would be military might i think it would be um you know like a, a, a they would have a a fame for their you know you think about the assyrians for example you know, yeah. their, their, their reputation in war and battle and, you know, they, they were known as the most ruthless and the most uh, merciless. And, you know, they would they would just be this notably uh, strong army that is seems almost to be supernaturally impelled because it's just mm-hmm. how else is it going to be able to do those things? And, so, you know, and the, the king of that army is regarded as a divinity and, um, you know, and or at least a deity is regarded with divinity. And, and so, um, you know, you have that kind of thing. And so you can imagine how if if um, if that is what what the spies of Joshua are seeing amongst the Canaanites, then they're notice uh, at least mm-hmm. the Canaanites, uh, they're noticing, <clears throat> you know, some a people of great military might that uh you know freak them out and what what adds to their infamy is that they were connected to you know, are said to be connected to a, a great military presence in the ancient world you know that 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 you okay. know waved their fist in the in the face of god and 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 became this like notable entity for blasphemous ideology and, and military might so that yeah. that sort of thing you know you, you see that as well in um in genesis Six, where the actions of the of the uh, sons of the gods mm-hmm. uh, mirrors that of Adam in yes. the garden. Absolutely, big point. Uh, where it's kind of he he sees, yeah, it's good, and then he takes it. Yes, yes, um, exactly. Well, it's actually Eve, but yeah, it's yes. it's the daughters of men. Mm. Uh, they become the objects of lust. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. It, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So you 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 get that reflected, the, the whole kind of pattern of it, the structure of it, but also it's the kind of inversion of what Adam was called to do in the garden. You know, yeah. where he's yeah. meant to guard it and protect it and serve it and totally. keep it. Um, and then you get the very opposite happening with Lamech, who's just like slaughtering people, yeah. and he is also. Um, you know, almost taking on God's role of bringing about vengeance. Yeah, 
yeah, exactly. for death. So, so his whole boast there is that yeah. God has said, if anyone avenges, anyone harms Cain, I'll harm them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Lamech's like, well, I'll do it much, much more than that. You know? Yeah, and just think about what's uh, happening there. You're basically seeing um, the common grace, you know, legitimate infrastructure that God has given to Cain being... Uh, uh, usurped or, or wanting to be taken into the realm of illegitimacy. Uh, as Klein always talks about it, you've got the uh, city of man being transformed at that point into the cult of man, where they 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 become uh, the lawgivers. They become the the uh, usurpers of God at that point. And uh, I think you know just with that Lamech uh, thing, it, it's key. But um, you know even with the way in which uh, those ca- the the Nephilim, the the ones uh, mentioned in Genesis six, um, the way that they correspond with what the heart of the rebellion in the garden was, I think that's really what sells it for me. In that you have um, you know the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, the idea there being that you have a, a merism for all knowledge, so you have just you know everything that stands for all knowledge of everything that could be, you know, the knowledge that one would need to be God, essentially. And, um, and God yeah, puts that in the Good and evil God. being like morning and evening, being yes. like day and night. Yeah. Yes. yes. Just meaning everything. Everything. Totally. Heavens and the earth. Yeah. So if you, if you, you know, he puts that in the garden and says, listen, you're my vice regent. You're given a task to rule over all the earth. Everything is in submission to you. The one check to this balance thing or, or system is that you don't seek to take of this tree because this tree represents my suzerainty over you i am the great king you are a vassal that's how you administer wisely this rulership process that's how you rule for my glory that's you don't usurp my authority you don't pretend to be me you don't try and pretend you you receive revelation and therefore a discern between good and evil you don't have knowledge of good and evil uh, at that rootsy level so so at the end of the day mm-hmm. um you know this this corresponds well with the with the temptation satan comes along and on that very point you know god just doesn't want you to be mm-hmm. him you know so why don't yeah, you take you this, could be like god you could yeah. be him so for you, essentially the idea there is usurp god's authority storm the throne try and take it take the fruit so that you can yourself um, uh, have that position, and so if you if you see that as being the fundamental problem with the fall, then it just sort of <laughs> unlocks the rest of the theme, I think, because you know you get to the you get to the Canaanite God kings, and I mean, what are they doing? That they, not only do you have the echo of the garden in in the seeing and taking, but you have the actual heart of the rebellion reaching its crisis point. Um, you know, in their seeking to usurp God's authority and become the ones who who rule the world. You know, it's a, and as you said mm-hmm. earlier, it's mm-hmm. the inversion. It's a satanic uh, cultural mandate. You know, in that you've got mm-hmm. you've got the the mandate given to Adam to rule as the vice regent. You know, and um, and for the glory of of the suzerain. And and they're saying yeah. no, no. We want to be the suzerain, and we want to rule for our own glory. So that that's you yeah. know, essentially the the usurping moment that's happening, and that's why that gets repeated in Babel, and that's why that carries on through Babylon and through the and the Babylon motif. You know, becomes what it is ultimately by the time you get to the Book of Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Which is why Genesis 6 ultimately is a judgment on people, which is, I think, the final yes. nail in the coffin yes. on the straightforward demon, yes. uh, demons marrying woman kind of thing, because the judgment falls on people. It's about, it's about 
the wickedness of man, mm. only, you know, the, the inclinations of man's heart being only evil all the time. Mm. Um, and that just doesn't gel with the punishment on angels because it, it, it's almost like we're the victims. Mm. If mm. that's how you read the narrative, that, that the women are just, you know, being taken captive by these demons, like what are they going to do? Mm. You know? mm-hmm. um, so it just doesn't gel when actually the whole narrative is basically saying people are hopeless. Oh, totally. So the people are at fault. Mm. And so ultimately I think that's, that's one of the key, uh, one of the key arguments. Yeah. I think, I think what I love about, you know, look, it's an epic part of scripture, isn't it? But, but, you know, even just beyond that whole, you know, just the mystery and what's going on over here. Once, once you see the cohesive idea, it reminds me a little bit of of, of Genesis one and the, you know the, the this debate and that debate and how many you know what does the, what does the day represent and all that. You know, once you start seeing its cohesive message, it just mm-hmm. you know I, I just find it you know wow, it's just so astounding. Not only in that it helps you just get through thorny bits and 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 see what it's probably saying. But um, mm-hmm. but also because you know it just shows you then it's not just this collection of random little um, moments that are kind of like super trippy and sci-fi and maybe like good you know no movies down the line or whatever it is um, rather what you have is a, a a very consistent beating of a very consistent drum uh, always pointing uh, as you said earlier to to this the 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 severity of man's rebellion the loss of all hope the only possibility of him entering into life through what would take place in the coming messiah and you know it's just it just the, the scripture sticks relentlessly to that theme and um and mm-hmm. you know it's almost mm-hmm. becomes a, a, a forceful guiding hermeneutic then when you when you run into these pro- problems you know again as you said earlier you know the flood was a judgment upon men not angels and if you see the mm-hmm. cohesive mm-hmm. nature of that message i mean it immediately just stops the sci-fi you know it stops you from going weird in your interpretation it becomes a, a kind of a hermeneutical protective measure for you um and and you know i think it's an entirely reasonable assumption as well even if you can't see it yet just based on what Jesus says about the Old Testament, to assume it's about him and about uh, the gospel and, uh, you know, let that be your guide. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's um, mm-hmm. it's really powerful, though. It's one of those areas of scripture where it goes from like super weird sci-fi vibe to like totally forceful presentation of the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's And, you, and I think just profoundly, you know, seeing how the repetition of Satan's influence in the garden continues into the fallen world in the fall. So, you know, as the the whole Bible story progresses, you're like, well, what is life in a fallen world going to look like now? And it looks like a constant repetition of Satan's action of, you know, um, trying to usurp God, overthrowing him, becoming gods, the taking things that we shouldn't take, um, you know, whole vibe. And that mm. just continues, that little cycle continues mm. all the way through the Bible. You know, you see it in Jesus as well, where Satan's tempting Jesus in the wilderness. Mm. You know, it's the exact same pattern and carrying through to when he's finally defeated, you mm. know, mm. in in Revelation. And so, I, I, yeah, I, it's absolutely, it's, it's awesome to see it that way. Mm. But you just realize that you have to be careful because sometimes our knee-jerk or our first reading of a text can just be plain weird. Yeah. And, um, and you can't you can't just rest on the big historical interpretations either, um, because that you know we've got some no. weird mainstream historical stuff. You will end up with a very, very weird, weird theology if you go with the mainstream historical view. You know, 
Um, and also, and this is relevant to the new perspective on Paul stuff as well. You can't just go with Jewish thinking on mm. stuff. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Like, Those you guys can't, like, just the weirdest. The, <laughs> oh, so weird. Like, I mean, when they went all apocryphal and stuff, it just got trippy. So and it should you, really you know. be surprising, right? Because I mean, you, you read like the, what is the theme? Like Israel went off the rails. Like that's the whole deal with the whole Bible. <laughs> so it yeah. shouldn't really be surprising that, you know, when you get down to Jewish myth, it's just going to be off the wall. Because <laughs> you know? I mean, like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not like they're um, any worse than us. It's just that we tend to elevate them as yeah. this very knowledgeable people. Yeah. And like you say, experience shows that just because you're given more information or you have a set narrative doesn't mean you're going to act responsibly. Mm. You know, And it could have been any nation. It's not a racial thing. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it just goes to show that um, we can't elevate Jewish interpretation above any other kind of interpretation. Mm. They get it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to bring it all in. You got to work hard. Uh, but maybe this is um, a good time to 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 leave it there and just uh, draw it to a close. Um, maybe that that was whatever Wednesday. Maybe um, if you're happy, bro, let's stick around and, and talk mm-hmm. this through. Maybe more at, at a inerrancy level. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for staying with us, and um, we'll see you tomorrow with theology. That's today. a pleasure. <laughs> Not you, I'm talking about them. <laughs> <laughs>